over the years, we've covered a lot of different things with the 13F filings. But a delayed reaction in AI stocks off NVIDIA's? A lot of stocks moving. We'll cover that. A buy rating at SMCI today from Bank of America. If you're one for fading ratings, hmm, I don't know. We'll see what you guys think about this one. Mark Jacob, 815, bunch of earnings, good and bad. Retail sales at 830, AB back in the house. Let's get it started on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, team. Strong close, follow through up seven handles at 5025. Old time closing high, another 20 handles higher. Bat, uh, buck down 15 cents, 104.46. Bonds up just over a half a point, over 119. Crude in the red by 17 cents. Gold trying to cling to that 2000 support level, up 550 at $2,000, $2,009.60. Silver going the same way, much more on a percentage basis, up 20, uh, 38 cents, 22.77. Bitcoin, that's continuing its march higher, up $635 at $52,625. Uh, let's bring in Dennis. Dennis is back 100%. And let's bring back AB here. Full crew today. I just want to thank Christian Fromhertz for the last second help yesterday. That was an incredible show. But uh, fireworks after hours, Triple D, 13 oh, Fs. Uh, we got a new twist. On a swivel, one. there was so much information last night. News all over the place. We had some Google news with Microsoft. We had 13 Fs dropping. We had Buffett selling some stuff. And we had NVIDIA disclosing positions, and that's what they were interested in. I always think naturally on the 13Fs, you want to look at Buffett, because mm -hmm. Buffett is always the one that moves price. You know, did he buy anything new? Did he sell anything? And there was no new buys, but there was a few, um, you know, added positions. Um, but he did sell some stuff, which we'll get to in a second. But the big mover, the big mover, and AB's got this uh, up here too, was the NVIDIA 13F, because they disclosed positions that I'm pretty confident some people knew about already, but they don't care. They're buying the hell out of these stocks here today. AB, talk about this 13F. All right, let me go ahead and get it pulled up real quick. So we have, uh, you, you had five distinct uh, positions here. A Can total. We zoom in? Yeah, yeah. Let me zoom in. For us, you know, with the glasses, yeah. Go zoom over to the side oh, so we can see oh, those hold names. On. Here we go. Uh, you have ARM was the biggest one for 63%. And you're talking about only about $240 million. So it's not like the most amount of money in the world uh, that, that's coming in from NVIDIA. But it's just the nice. fact that NVIDIA is investing in these companies. You have ARM, ticker AR, uh, ARM, RxRx, which that's the surprising one, a healthcare company. More than 7 million shares owned. Uh, sound, ticker SON, TSP, and NNOX, another healthcare one um sound uh what is it sound dog right 
Sound hound. They used to be sound dog, but then they say or sound hound, but now sound they got hound. sound hound AI they added a while sound. ago because you know, yeah, the AI you gotta have the AI in there. Gotta have the AI in there. <laughs> sound hound, sound hound AI. So it's clear, I mean, like the, the AI trade is what we've been talking about. NVIDIA's invested in these companies. NVIDIA's seen as the leader in the class. People are like, okay, now we're gonna go out and buy these because if it's good enough for NVIDIA, it's good enough for my portfolio too. Uh, you know, just huge moves in these stocks after the close yesterday when these numbers were released. Um, I, I mean, ARM, again, was the biggest one. And like you said, Dennis, people knew about this for a while because, yeah, I mean, NVIDIA tried to buy ARM for $40 billion back in 2021. Mm-hmm. It got shut down. Um, and and they also had that investment in SoundHound early on, too. So, uh, you know, I, I think if you, go, you, you go out and chasing these right now, it, you're you're basically betting that Nvidia is is work going to work with these companies holding these for a oh, while. Yeah, this is such well, a well, smile. This well, is well, smile. Joel. Too before we go into this, some of these like everybody thinks, oh my gosh, these are new positions. Mark Lehman, great follow at Mark Flow Chatter, uh, t- tweeting out that the Soundhound position is actually a legacy position from when they um you know were in initial race, like from 2017. So some of these positions have been here for a long time. It's not like they just went into the open market and just bought SoundHound here. Um, I tweeted out the article. uh, SoundHound raises this from 2017. SoundHound raises 75 million from NVIDIA and Samsung to scale voice-enabled AI tools. This was before they were public. So they've gotten shares, obviously, on these initial raise back from 2017. So they probably still just have these shares. So it's not like it's shocking, you know, but maybe another market didn't think about it or didn't realize it. But the article is right there from 2017. So it's not like they went to the open market and just bought some shares of SoundHound. But, you know, they start talking. And, and, the, and the other thing is these positions. So this, this came out at around 414 and SoundHound started popping right away. But the RXRX, bring up the pre-market charts on these, Joel, and the NNOX. Okay. This came out at 414 on the Benzinga Pro. And Charles, you know, and we 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 uh, um, mentioned it out there on on the squawk as well. These stocks did not pop at four fourteen like you would think that they would. It was you know all algorithmic generated, and HFT just dominates everything. These stocks NNOX and RXRX did not stop popping till almost six o'clock. So an hour and forty five minutes later, they start going. I, I was talking with Charles from Benzinga, and I'm like, why are these things going an hour and a half later? And he's like, they started talking about it on Discord. They started talking about them on social media. So social media grabs these things and then starts talking about them all and basically pumping it over on the Discord channels, and then it starts to blast off. So unbelievably, you know, you had an hour and a half where nobody, you know, seemed to give a crap about NNOX or RXRX because I opened it up. When Charles has squawked it out, and I probably opened it up, you know, a while later, like near five forty-five. Five forty-five is when it started moving. Moving, so I'm like, well, I, I wrote them down because I'm like, well, Soundhound go, but I didn't take any positions at that time. Then they started lifting. I did day trade them a little bit in there, so I made trades in both of these. Uh, but I never foreseen NNOX going up fifty-one percent here. RXRX up twenty-one percent, and Soundhound has just continued to blast off all morning, even though this is, appears to be a position from 2017. 74% up higher here. These are incredible moves. It's just like, it's just about NVIDIA right now. Anything NVIDIA touches, it's like being touched by God. I mean, these stocks, just NVIDIA, oh my gosh, NVIDIA's got to buy it up 74%. Crazy. 
Crazy moves, man. Crazy just, times. It's just like like how much the NVIDIA is worth, right? The car, I mean, they probably, you know, this is just such a small part of their balance. They probably don't even realize they own it. I was gonna let me let me steal the screen real quick back, Joel, for a second because sure. so again, this is across two hundred and thirty million dollars, and and like you said, I mean, Nvidia is <laughs> a, a, a one point five trillion dollar company. The NNOX is point one six, so one percent of two hundred thirty million is like two point three million. So point one six, I'm not, I don't have the math, but just two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars worth, and, and the, and is the that stock right? is. And the, yes. up, and, and the stock's up 50%. Oi. So is that an overreaction in NNOX? Oh, because... This is going to be fun. Let's go. No comment. No comment. NNOX, we're going to look at the market cap on this puppy here right that's now. A, that's like so NVIDIA. NVIDIA takes a 200,000. We don't even know if this is a new position or it's something that's been on the books for a long time. Um, and we go look at you know the market cap, $342 million. So NVIDIA takes a $200,000 <laughs> position. And they bring this up a hundred and seventy-five million worth of market cap. They add to that. Nvidia oh. takes a two hundred thousand dollar position. That's worth one hundred and seventy-five million NNOX. The market is nuts, folks. <laughs> All your peanuts while the circus is in town on some of this stuff. I think the circus is in town on NNOX. My All opinion. Right. Let's it's already selling off. Yeah, don't. I mean, these are not. This is just our opinion based on just the market cap, the market dynamics. That you can tell Dennis has already done a lot of research in this. So, real quickly, because we got Mark coming on in a few minutes, uh, the pre market highs are always important. I'll just give those real quick, and then that's what you want to see. If this is the day of days of days, then you're going to take out the pre market high. For NNOX, it comes in at twelve eighty nine. You're trading at nine eighty. Soundhound is trading like water out there. Soundhound two spikes up to the four fifty area. Uh, TSP, that's the other one, right? Is it TSP? Uh, uh, I, I couldn't find that one, so I don't know if that's a private company. RX, Joel. RX. I went looking. RX, RX, getting into the yeah. The TSP was on there, but I couldn't find that stock. So if somebody knows, I, I looked for the TSP too. I'm not sure if that's a private company. Uh, uh just under fourteen twenty. So those are just potential resistance areas. If you have, uh, you know, if you have targets in this area, you know, perhaps you want to consider them taking another thing, which is always important to think about is. After moves like this and lower price stocks offerings, you know, I mean, you don't know what, I mean, this is a big, a big windfall for them. So a lot of different factors going into these pops and uh, we'll see if you get to continued follow through, but the amount of the actual market cap of these is just uh, They're small you know. companies. TSP was delisted, Tracy's saying um, small companies. And these are again, legacy positions here. I'm not chasing at this point in time. And I would be ringing the register on some of these stocks. If I had them, I don't have any of them. Uh, but you know, again, you know, the buzz gets going. They're small cap companies. We know things can go crazy. So you got to be careful. Like people are saying, would well, you short these things? Uh, I don't like short rocket ships. It's a scary thing to do. I'm more like a profit taker in the rocket ship trade. So um, and what you know, which is probably going to bring us to the SMCI. We could come back to the 13 apps, oh, but yeah. let's go to SMCI because it's tied in with all this with the NVIDIA story. And I mean, it seemingly goes up every single day, it's up another 51 points. We have an analyst from Bank of America initiating coverage on Supermicro oh. with a buy, putting a $1,040 price target on. I guess it's better late than never, Joel, but holy oh, mackerel, the stock just went up 200% in five weeks. Now they're initiating. 
seems a little bit late to the party. I still have a quarter of my original position. I've sold it in church. I've sold it twice. I sold at 550. I sold at, I, I think, I'm losing track of handles here. I think it was, I feel like it was like 780. I, I just yeah, it was right around eight. I remember it was around 800. Maybe it was 800 right in there. Yeah. And I don't know. We're getting to, I've talked about this, you know, potentially going to 1,000. I mean, if it gets there, maybe I'm going to ring the register on the rest of it. I haven't fully decided here, but it's just been an incredible move. Again, you know, I do believe this, this is driven by fundamentals. I do believe there's a story that's going to continue here. It's just so overbought at this point in time. It's hard not to take the profits, Joel. Uh, I'll just give you the pre-market high in this SMCI. Pre-market high comes in at 937. And, boy, I this is going back a long time. But I, uh, Biogen, I wish I could uh, show it on the monthlies. This is uh, back when we, when we were doing this show. They came yeah. out with, like, a strong buy on uh, Biogen. This was back in March of four, uh, March of 2015. It oh, hit 500 that, right. that day. It hit 500 that day. That was the top. And that, yeah, that was a topping. So who knows? I mean, the, the difference with SMCI is the story is still early here. The AI story is very early. So you know, we we know, and 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 again, they're trying to adjust for the fundamental earnings here. The, well, the stock when we you know pitched it basically back you know when it was 300, and I put it in NASA. Um, you know, and I bought it and I talked about it in the show, you know, November, December, I talked about it a few times, you know, saying this is a fairly cheap, you know, potential AI play here. You know, NVIDIA got the relationship with them. It was trading about 17 times earnings. I'm like, that's why I put it in there. Kind of value with a potential for an AI story in 2024. That story just, just, you know, went nuts here. It's, it's gone, obviously. I just never envisioned like, the stock going from 250 to 1000 you know in the first set, 6 weeks of 2024 one, so it just one, feels like so much so fast one quick thing to your point about the fundamentals uh Dennis and we'll get to mark i'm going to pull up this tweet from bespoke invest uh so in uh super microcomputer smci had 7.1 billion dollars in sales in 2023 current estimates are for 19 and a half billion in 2025 which gives it a price to sales ratio of roughly uh, 2.25. Nvidia's 2025 price to sales estimate is 19. So it's easy to look at the at the share price and be like, oh my god, this thing is the market's so inefficient, you know. But I don't know. Maybe there's a reason these these uh, new price targets are coming in and they're look they're adjusting for the fundamentals, like you said, Dennis. And we could be looking yeah. we could be looking back at this in a year or two and being like, holy cow, SMCI was still cheap at 800 900 dollars a, a share, but. Uh, we're just going to have to watch how this thing's trading. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's going to be, I like, I don't think this is going back to 250 or 300. I don't think this is just like a hyped bubble. I think this is actually driven by fundamentals. I do think there's, you know, not only the story, there's fundamentals behind this story, which is why it's went up so rapidly. But at a certain point in time, Joel, I mean, sometimes, you know, stocks just, it just feels overbought. Like do it, but you know, do, do I just hold on to that, you know, position forever, you know, like in, or, and, you know, cause I have a quarter oh, it, of the position says, left. I'm says, completely says, playing with the house's money. It says super right in the name, Dennis. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Dennis, super. Dennis, Don't short not... stocks that say super. Yeah, super. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not good microcomputer. It's super. Of course. Chris, you know, I don't Chris, even you... know what to, I'm, I, it's, I very rarely I'm in a stock that goes up 300% in six weeks. All right, well, it's, it's eight seven. To, it's eight, to, I'm a short-term trader for the most part. Let's go. Six let's get Mark. Eight, eight seventeen. Let's bring Mark Shaken on from Shaken Analytics.
Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other Thursday to give his technical fundamental outlook on the markets. You heard us running. We saw you in the back <laughs> there, Mark. And, uh, I saw you chuckling there. I mean, rocket ships here. What do you do with a rocket ship like SMCI? You get Alan Greenspan on and talking about irrational exuberance. I mean, I've had this, Mark, since I bought it back in September because I thought it was could be an AI story eventually. It really sat there and did nothing for about four months. Yeah. And then started to blast off and NVIDIA started to go. Then they came out. I was obviously the guidance. You know, the, the catalyst here was the guidance was much higher than everybody expected. And they haven't stopped buying it since. I mean, I've, oh. I've sold two-thirds of the position here now or maybe even three-quarters of the position um i'm thinking about ringing the rest of the register what what do you do like i mean i'm not in rocket ships that often that go up you know 300 in six weeks do you ring the uh, register on that stuff you pick some round number like they're pushing a thousand you know sell into that craziness at some point you got to part company and say thank you you're doing the right thing from i know you know you're doing the right thing from a trader's point of view you sell a third you sell a third and you know, on the first double, you sell a third on on the quadruple, and then you look for a spike to get out of the rest. There's no right or wrong. It's a win. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, take it to the bank. All right, Mark, what, what, what about some of your picks out there? Dennis, you want to stay on this uh, AI train here? Um, yeah, I mean, let's get his thoughts on NVIDIA here as well, because obviously everybody mm. talks about it. You know, CMBC talks about it 10,000 times a day. We talk about it at least twice a day, probably. I mean, we're all-time highs, basically a couple bucks off all-time highs here. It's kind of consolidated. It's this this one doesn't feel like SMCI, where it just went parabolic and went up 300%. I mean, it's up 40% this year. It's much more reasonable yeah. to move, but the company is enormous. What are your thoughts here, I mean, on NVIDIA? Well, I, I'd say as long as people keep comparing it to Cisco in 2000, it's okay. When they <laughs> when they stop talking that way, then you got a problem. I, you know, AI is real. The boom is there. They have the best chips. They keep coming out with new generations and faster chips. Uh, when you have a tiger by the tail, have some sort of mental stop. But there's no place to put a stop on something like this. So yeah, it's Mark. Just, I've been seeing that a lot that people are overlaying the chart of Cisco on Nvidia or even overlaying the you know S. I think it was from Financial Times. I think it hit the one of the major media it hit. I'm not sure if it's the Financial Times, but I oh, saw they've it. Been, well. They've been all over the internet for months. Uh, that, yeah. See, that's the point. They've been all over the internet for six to nine months. So uh, they've been wrong. Not, but why they're wrong? Stop, they're in stop clock territory. They're going to be right twice a day. So um, hey. It's a monolith. Would I buy it here? No, but I, I tell you, my wife Sandy has had it since uh, 2021. She wrote it down in the bear market and stayed, and then added. That's the key. She added on the way back out. She Very bought nice. it in uh, March of 2023. She added, and that position's up 164 percent. Marky, watch. She holding? Is she still holding it all, or has she pieced out of some I, of it? I. <laughs> I twisted her arm about two weeks ago when it spiked, and she sold a third of her position. But that's it; she won't. And you had up. to sleep in the basement. I yeah, when it kept going away. up, you had to sleep in the basement. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, looking ahead, there are so many different ways to play AI from the consulting companies, which are going to benefit mightily because they've got a you know corporations 
know they're behind the curve. And so they've got to go to people like Gartner. That's why Gartner is off the charts. But we talked about GIB last week and, you know, the various consultants that are going to be brought in here to um, tell companies what to do, basically. I mean, some people know, like ServiceNow, uh, if you're looking for you know, a company that got a lot of juice out of AI It's in their business at ServiceNow. So you got a little dip and you've just got to buy these things on dips, whether it's an earnings related, guidance related dip or just people taking profits. But there's there are so many different ways to play AI. I mean, there's a company that I like that took it on the chin, Dynatrace DT, after earnings. Uh, it was a great earnings report, but... Uh, you know, that, that's what can happen when people sour on a stock that's had an AI spike. Would you be a buyer of this DT dip? I, yeah, but, but very gently because it's broken below my long-term trend line. So the power gauge is now neutral plus on it. It's no longer bullish. Yeah. So cybersecurity plays for the AI trade? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Palo Alto reports next week if you've got cojones. Uh, <laughs> I don't report don't, reports don't. on the twentieth, and God knows what. Uh, yeah, though there are uh, CrowdStrike, obviously uh, Fortinet. Uh, we previously recommended, uh, and that that chart has totally reversed. Uh, and uh, you know these are great plays. Obviously, uh, cyber is where uh, AI is going to get really um, sexy. Uh, and really then another, uh, another industry that's been, I guess, sexy over the past few weeks has been crypto. A lot of crypto stocks running. Mark, are you watching any of those? Coinbase up uh, big over the last week or so. Uh, I'm only watching them because Coinbase got a bullish power gauge rating on November 20th, and uh, the stock was about 100. Other than that, I have no interest. In, in any crypto at all? No, it's just it's my bias. Uh, I didn't. Uh, buy them on the first wave uh, two years ago and avoided the sell-off. And I'm just not a believer. I'm not the guy to go to for crypto. Yeah, I'd rather stick with the AI trade over the crypto trade right now as well. Well, I, I mean, it's totally different. One, one, you're buying a puff of smoke and the other, you're buying some serious stuff. There you go. Uh, any other stocks that you're watching? I mean, uh, Apple was in Buffett's 13F, slight sell-off there. Have you been uh, watching Apple? Uh, not really, because uh, there are other. Uh, I don't like the pattern in Apple, by the way. It's a triple top, and there's yeah. some sort of leg coming. Uh, at at this point in the market, I use the power gauge, uh, but I'll look for formations, which is goes back to my old roots as a you know a pattern chartist. But when I see a, a triple top here, and the second high, the third high has come under our long-term trend line, which is around 190. So it stopped that rally off the earnings report, stopped right on our long-term trend line. Now, chicken money flow is still fabulous. They've been accumulating Apple since uh, late October. Now, when I say accumulate, the chicken oscillator or chicken money flow was meant to oscillate around zero. So if you get a sell-off of five to eight days, you would normally expect that the uh, money flow would go in the red, which it did in August and September, stayed green on every one of the sell-offs. And what that means is that people are coming in late in the day to buy it. 
So well, tell good... that support too. When would it go red? Would took out the 180? Would probably go the other way, like that huge support we're looking at. Um, money flow or the power gauge? Well, both. Well, money flow, I don't know. It, it's a dependent on volume and where it closes in its range. But uh, you know, there are plenty of stocks with red money flow. Look at Charter Communications or any of the uh, the stocks with bearish ratings. So uh, you know, the, uh, I'm I'm torn between Apple uh, as an avoid or Apple is to buy the dip, but taking money flow says buy the dip, but the trend says, you know, there are better. Well, you got to follow it. You got to follow an indicator with your own name on it. Uh, Mark, before, before we let you go here, uh, I just want to talk rates for a second. We talk about the bond traders. You've had a uh, decent sell off here. You saw the reaction to the CPI number. We kind of looked at it as a overreaction here. We're looking at steady as she goes and rates not going up, not going down a lot. Uh, just give us your outlook after that little bit hotter overreaction uh, to the CPI number on Tuesday. Well, first of all, anybody who was looking for five to seven rate cuts in 2024 was smoking pot. I mean, come on. Uh, and, you know, th three to four, maybe. Now I think it's two to three and coming after um, after the political conventions in the summer. So what I like is that the market has found its footing very quickly at the 21 day average and buyers came in on um, Tuesday in the final half hour and pushed, oh. you, you pushed it up a hundred, uh, almost 1%, about eight tenths of a percent. So uh, I think where this is gonna bite is in the construction industry and in the home building industry because they were really counting on rates, uh, mortgage rates dropping uh, down into the mid six to low six, and now they've ticked back up again uh, to above seven percent. So I think this is going to bite in the mortgage uh, home builder stocks, uh, mortgage related, and uh, so you're seeing it already. The chart patterns and stuff like uh, Dr. Horton. Uh, just not looking that great. But I think in general, the stock market is the stock market. There's a lot of money on the sidelines still. And uh, interestingly, I think the biggest key to figuring out what's going on is there's still whatever, $4 trillion in money market or $5 trillion, I don't get have the number right now. So where'd the money come from to fuel this rally? Well, it's coming from foreign money. It's coming from uh, the bond market. And uh, there's plenty of fuel here. This market's not quitting. Little uh, decoupling then, maybe between well, the bonds. Oh, definitely. Stocks. Yeah, and, and you. But be mindful if you're a trader, particularly that you, you're um, entering the period uh, in the election year cycle between mid-February and the end of May when you do get choppy. So right. this this is the challenging period. End of May on, you're in pretty good shape. All right, Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics. Uh, Dennis, we're coming up on a number here. Yeah. We're coming up on a bunch of numbers. So, Mark, thanks for giving uh, your fundamental technical analysis. We'll talk to you again in another couple of weeks. All right, we got uh, we got a bunch of numbers coming up. I yep. guess. What do we got? What do we got? Previews. So we, we have initial, oh, jobless, initial jobless claims. Uh, the the ex expectation is 220,000. Uh, initial jobless claims that comes against 218,000 next week. So a slight increase expected there. U.S. retail sales expected to dip down some seasonal weakness, expected to come in at negative two tenths of a percent. 
Uh, that is against six tenths of a percent last week. So we're right here a minute away. I'll get those numbers as soon as we have them. Uh, and then tomorrow we've got more data, the core PPI coming in. That'll be the big one as well uh, as some other ones coming in at 830. Uh, Dennis, you going wide? Yeah, and I'm going in the background. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, 29.50 on the upside. A little bit of a day gap from uh, that Monday, Tuesday price action when we came down. So we'll see what happens at that level. Old-time closing high just above that. Getting a little bit of a bump here. Getting a lift. Going up towards the highs of the session. Uh, looking like their first look at the numbers. What do you got for me? It looks like uh, if the retail numbers are soft, is that a good thing? or uh, Retail it- sales came in in line, negative six-tenths okay. of a percent. Uh, retail sales for January was, uh, yeah, well, well, U.S. retail sales for January was negative 0.8% or 0.8% versus 0.2%. Uh, and that was against a four positive four tenths percent the week or month prior manufacturing index looks like came in hot. The Philadelphia fed manufacturing index, initial jobless claims, 212,000 versus 219,000. So, uh, you know, a little bit less jobless claims than expected there Maybe a sign that the labor market is still hot, which I don't know. It seems like a mixed bag of economic data this week, Joel, you had the hot CPI of course on mm-hmm. Tuesday that scared investors off for about, I don't know, 24 hours. And they came back and said, oh, yeah, we're, well, we can still buy stocks down here. So uh, what's what, what what's the market doing? Sitting we right got here. a pop. We got a pop. The initial pop, we took out the, uh, the pre-market high. I show the charts here. Took out the pre-market high. That's just an interesting area uh, when – I keep track of the entire session. So you did have a gap down, a day gap in the price action. That gets filled at 31 and a quarter. You got the 30.50 and now you're selling off. So there was a pop where you kind of had an absence of buyers off that CPI number initially. You have you have some tepid sellers out here just at this point. Took out the pre-market high, but you're basically where you were before, maybe a couple handles higher. Uh, before that number, I don't know if Triple D is coming I'm back, back. yet. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. It went really wide. I mean, the SPY actually at one point in time, I looked, it was 90 cents wide, Joel. Wow. So right on the number, you know, like now we're, we're typically three to four cents wide just for the futures quotes, but they went 90 cents wide on the SPY. So that's a huge, like market makers were just out here saying, ah, uh, we're not going to even give you anything close. And, you know, and then we sat there for like, 10 15 seconds after the number they buy them they're going to buy them and then you could see they were going to buy them but i mean we're right back almost to where we were so exactly a nothing burger here yeah and again this these uh jobs numbers the initial job claims the market typically doesn't care as much about them as those non-farm payrolls when you get that one big jobs day a month um let's get back to some of the 13 s because we only got to touch on nvidia as we also had sure. of course warren buffett's michael burry's and some other ones joel i'm gonna hijack the screen from you real quick and pull up buffett yeah go ahead uh real quick so these are the chain this isn't buffett's whole 13 f uh, you know whole portfolio but these are the big changes so yep. serious xm adds uh 30 million shares it is now, you know, you can see there five one hundreds of this portfolio, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of money, that's a fair Berkshire. That's a still a decent position. Uh, Chevron adding there, Oxy adding there again. So it seems like he's still bullish the oil trade. Here's the big one though coming in right here. Apple reduces 
by more than a percent, sells more than 10 million shares. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first real sale on on uh, Buffett's yeah. Apple position since he started building it a few years ago. Uh, and Apple did get hit a little bit on this news. Yeah, I guess he doesn't like the Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> I, I think I think they sent him one, and he he, he and he put he, it on, then he got a headache, and, and he couldn't like, figure it out. Yeah, he couldn't, he figure, couldn't it figure it out. It out. And was like, ah, oh, okay, we're done, we're done. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, and then uh, a big sale in Paramount reduced Huge by 30, thirty-two uh, percent. Uh, HP, another big sale, and then got bombed completely out of uh, Dr. Horton, Markle Group, Stone Co., and Globe Life. So. Here are your big changes for Buffett's uh, 13F filing. Again, this is going back for the fourth quarter of 2023. So he could have made these trades at any point over the last three months. Keep uh, that in mind. Yeah, so, not yes. Yeah. So this is looking back. It's not like, oh, he just did this yesterday. This is just when we get to see it. Yeah, 45 days, I think it is. So okay. over is, is when usually they come out. Isn't it 40? Or is it 90? Is it 90? 45 and then, well, they come out quarterly. So, right. yeah. And again, if you're over 10%, then you have to disclose, I believe, within two days if you're over in 10% on any of these positions. Now, I don't believe he's over 10%. So that's why we saw an HPQ sale a while ago. We saw one hit because he was over 10%. But once he went under 10%, then he doesn't have to disclose until 13F day, which obviously, you know, and now he's obviously reduced HPQ significantly. Um, noting here, the big thing is there's no new buys. So he did not go out and just buy. When you see a new Something buy new. by Buffett, yep. that stock always pops significantly here. So really on the buy side, it's a you know really a bunch of nothing burgers, really. I mean, he had this Siri, Chevron. We know he's been buying Oxy forever. We see the Oxy buys continuously because those because he's over 10%. Those have to report every couple of days. So we knew we knew about those as well. Um, interesting the reactions on some of these. Like Paramount just got murdered on this. I mean, they hammered it down on this. Um, but then you have other ones that are kind of like muted response. So I guess, you know, maybe it's because Paramount, you know, is still, um, you know, a storied stock. A lot of people talk about this one. There's been potential rumors that could get acquired and it's not. And maybe the Buffett's, you know, is selling. And maybe there's another headline here that I missed. But I'm surprised at the big fall here in PARA because that's the only one that's really getting hit hard. Uh, let's take a look. The Apple chart is interesting. Uh, hasn't really participated in the recent rally. I had the big break. I, I'd be kind of concerned about it. Mean, the 180, I mean, that's it. That's uh, that's probably be a good line in the sand for the market, you know, if you're looking for market sentiment too, because if that takes out 180, you got a slippery slope there. Uh, HPQ, you had mentioned uh, that he was selling that a while ago, so that really didn't move up or yeah. move down a lot that's kind of been out there for a while uh stne i didn't even know he's out of that completely so i'm not sure when or his positions on that uh i saw he stayed steady in bank of america coca-cola so i mean the thing about apple it's one percent of his holdings so uh you know you it's not like you know yeah of not, the overall not, like he's still holding 99 percent of his apple position again though Buffett sells in tranches. He never just goes in and all sells. So, I mean, when you see an Apple sell, is there more Apple sells to come? That's you what go. you'd have to speculate. Apple has bounced back. We go to the chart of Apple. We might as well do a technical. A lot of people trade this. I do have a position in this one right now mm -hmm. um, that I bought. And I'm like, now nah, I'm starting to like hit you know, second thoughts on it. Not liking, you know, the reactions of some of this Vision Pro here. But, you know, it did bomb down to 182. So we've bounced back here about a buck and a half here as maybe cooler heads have prevailed here too. I mean, this market, 
we're just in the market of react first, ask questions later. I mean, on the CPI number, the IWM getting hammered that day down almost 5%. And now they've bought it all the way back three days later. We talked about that being an overreaction. Blue talked about it on her show being an overreaction. Apparently, it was an overreaction. And apparently, we're correct because the stocks have been bought right back up here. I mean, I liked what Blue said, the natural volatility of the number, you know, like it's hard to get the stuff, you know, perfectly here. So bring it back to Apple, because obviously the overall market still going to drive Apple price. But give us some technicals here. Oh, man, Apple. this it's it kind of just a no man's land. I mean, the fact that, you know, you had the big break off the all time high and then you made a, you had the rebound, you had a lower high and then you came down again and you had another lower high. So. As good as some of the charts look in the market, this one, it just doesn't look good. For short-term traders, I think you got to keep uh, – let's see, yesterday's low was taken out in the pre-market. Uh, but let's see if it's defended in the regular session. That's 182.44. I think after that, you look at the pre-market low. That comes in at 181.46. I don't know. I think after Warren's sell, a lot of people like to see this and unchanged. But uh, lower highs coming off that December high while the markets continue to go higher. I don't know. It's charts looking a little weak to me. Yeah, Apple does feel a little weak. And I wonder how much of it is the market kind of, you know, Basically pricing in the fact that Apple's not right now seen as one of the leaders in this AI nope, trade. You know, you have Microsoft, you have NVIDIA, you have AMD, ARM, and now all these other. It's like not as sexy anymore and might just need to be the valuation might need to kind of be changed to be, OK, you're going to have it more of a value stock or, uh, you know, a steady stock, but not one of these with crazy growth. And and you're spot on with the sexiness, you know, like we had the Vision Pro, which kind of looked like, oh, yeah, this is sexy Too for a couple heavy. of days. Yeah, but now <laughs> it's been wishy-washy, the response here longer term, where it's, you know, a week and a half or a couple of weeks after the release here. And, you know, this is people talking about getting headaches and different things with it. So all of a sudden that, you know, little buzz is cooling off here. But you're exactly right. I mean, Microsoft is all over the AI. That's the sexy one here. Now, it's always Microsoft versus Apple. It's always been Microsoft versus Apple. Think back to 30 years ago when, you know, basically you got Bill Gates going in there and taking the technology, you know, of, of you know, of, of uh, Windows from from Steve Jobs and then building, you know, you know, and obviously, you know, building it all right off of that. I mean, so it's always been Microsoft versus Apple. And it's funny, you know, Apple was really hurting back in 1997, 1998, and then Microsoft or, or, or gave them, you know, that little handout, the little helper. Remember that, Joel? When Microsoft gave them the helping hand and Apple shares were three bucks a share. And they came out and gave them a vote of confidence there. And then obviously, you know, Steve Jobs has just come back and Steve Jobs is Steve Jobs, the genius that he was and just built it into the powerhouse that that Apple became. But it's always kind of been Microsoft versus Apple. And we're still at the same point in time. The two, three trillion dollar companies battling it out. And right now, Microsoft is ahead in the AI race. Microsoft is seen as the AI technology. And both of them carry similar PEs, 32 times, 28 times. It's right there. So you look at it and you think, well, Microsoft's winning right now. I don't know who wins in the end, though, but hard to ever bet against Apple. Yeah, if Apple continues dipping, I'd definitely be uh, be interested in coming in and buying maybe around that, you know, 175 level. Uh, other 13Fs, we got Michael Burry, of course, famed, uh, famed short seller from the big short. Let's go ahead and pull his up. And this one's a little big, bigger, so I'm going to have to give a big zoom here. Yeah, we're the uh, big ones. Uh, we have Baba and JD, the two yeah. biggest positions in his portfolio now. 
Uh, both Chinese companies, of course. And this isn't that surprising for Michael Burry. I think he's been in Baba before, but he's a guy that likes to come in and buy these dips and find these, uh, you know, deep, deep value plays. And he's basically saying, look, I mean, there's value in Baba. He's not scared. We've been talking about it. Yeah. I've been I've been wrong on it because it's going to continue to go down, but that doesn't mean that there's not you know some value there maybe for the people that are coming in and buying low. And Michael Burry again is one of those. Uh, so those were his two big buys. Uh, uh, you can see up here now makeups each of those two plays, Baba and JD, each make up six more than six percent of his portfolio. Uh, you had some sales in uh, uh, like Nexstar and let's see what a booking. He sold some booking. Sold some. Let's see. Busy guy. Can we zoom in a little bit more? It's like I'm me with the bad eyes. Just yeah, to get in. yeah. That's it's just, much better. It's just hard because if I zoom yeah. in now, if I zoom in now on the names, then we can't see. That's all we want to see is the names. That's okay. okay. So NX, you know, we can see. You know. NXST is one that he was selling. Uh, Google is one he was buying. So Google now makes up more than five. Well, you can do is filter it on the right if you wanted to, and then. But anyways. Well, this in, is just in any brief. regards here, Michael Burry has had, you know, not that great of time in the markets lately. Let's just say that, you know, obviously did very well during the financial crisis, called it, you know, made the name for himself. But he has not been just on fire making calls as of late. You know, he's been betting. He bets against bubbles. I mean, it's in his blood. He's a contrarian at heart. The whole thing was the housing bubble, betting against the housing bubble. So, you know, he's been trying to bet against NVIDIA even and some of the AI plays as well by being short semiconductors, and that hasn't worked for him either. So here he is buying Baba and selling, you know, chips. I mean, his, you know, track record is awesome if you go back to the financial crisis, but lately not so great. You know what his best and worst trade is of the last? Uh Uh-oh, Joel, mute trick. Uh Uh-oh. You know what his best and worst trade is of the last five years, I'd say? What's that? He was buying GameStop at like $350, $4 a share, and then bombed out before the big run because he was before GameStop went crazy. Oh, he sold it too soon? Oh, yeah. He was buying it because he was he was right on. He had the trade before anyone else and was like, oh, there's wow. still value in this stock. The short sellers are way, you know, and was buying it. Yeah. And then I think it went up to like, I, I can pull up, we can pull up someone in the chat, help me out. But he was buying GameStop like below five bucks a share and then did not get anything on that big oh, run wow. so you got to give him you got to give that. him you got to give him credit for being early on it and buying it but then you, i mean it doesn't matter your I guess. timing is off it's yeah, no if good ti- if your timing you know, is off well, even market if you- is all about timing you could be spot on analysis there but if you're too early it's the same as being wrong uh moose in this chat is saying why do people talk about Richard Burry anymore <laughs> It, it, it is one of the th- those that I mean, he he made basically one great trade, what, 15 years ago. And now we act like, you know, it's it, he's like, in a movie. You get a movie. You yeah. Get a movie after, you know, you're I mean, he, he uh, the GME. I mean, five bucks split adjusted. That was probably I don't know. They've done so many uh, uh, different you know splits and everything. But uh, I'm not um, sure where it is split adjusted. That's a good uh, call, Joel. It's still up from where it was significantly here, but all time high we know on the charts is $120. So it's still yeah. 85% off the highs. I mean, AMC, I believe, is making new all time lows. So again, when you're buying these bubble stocks, if you're going to buy these bubble stocks, you better have Sell fundamentals them. behind it. And you should be selling at a certain point in time. I mean, that's just it. When they just go bubblicious and they go parabolic, it's usually the time to ring the register. Um, and that, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, what I struggle with on the SMCI to a certain extent here today is that it just feels like, you know, it's just went so far, but the difference is this isn't some, you know, 
stock that's just being talked about in social media rooms that's trying to turn the company around. It's a company that's firing all cylinders. It's like a bubble that was almost deserved. You know, when we talked about this the other day, and I, you know, I know I don't like to bring up, I know you don't like stops. And I, and the only thing I said was, you know, maybe a stop below the highest low of the move. I don't know if that would have ticked you out at 750 the other day. Uh, No, it wouldn't have. They probably would have gotten you there if you were there at 745. But, uh, you know, look how that, and I'll, I'll bring it up here. Look how the lows have moved up on a tri- from here. How many higher lows is this? Zoom in on that, Joel. Again, it, oh my it's hard Lord. for us to see it. So okay. zoom in on that. Look Make at that how, bigger. Look at the, zoom in on it. I, I think this is unless I change the font. Well, you can here. zoom in on the screen. Well, let's uh, try to bring this. Yeah, I know how to do uh, that. We're throwing him under the bus. You don't know how to do that. No, so I we'll think I can that. do that. I can do that. <laughs> there it is. And anyways, look, just look at that, the higher lows here. And I, I can't believe this. This has not had a lower high. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 higher lows. So if you were just kind of moving your stop, you would have, you know, you would have been shaking in your boots here on Tuesday. But if you look at that on a relative basis, when that streak ends, who knows when it's going to end? Boy, oh boy, this will be in for a tumble, but that is incredible. Higher closes too. What a streak! It's been for an Astros. incredible move. It's been an incredible stock and an incredible move. Um, you feel some selling out there, Dennis, or am I just imagining things? No, I don't. Uh, so selling in the market? Yeah, overall? I mean, we we filled that gap for Monday. Chopping just yeah, chopping, chopping around. Okay, chopping around. Yeah, and I've I look, you know, even at imbalances here. Sometimes we don't talk about them as much as we used to, but just trying to get a feel for this. They're a little bit to the south side. There's uh, so there's just nothing of major okay. size here, though, to really like say, oh my goodness, they're coming in with their selling shoes on. I think we're still just in this market. We're a little bit of chop here. What if you bought that dip on Tuesday too? I mean, you know, and you're, and you're not holding out for old time highs and everything. You're pretty darn close. Old time closing high. Uh, 50, 44 and a half. And then the high of the move is a little bit above that. But it really, like yesterday, we said, what do the bears have to do? Well, get the market red. And they had one decline. They got it near unchanged, but they came roaring back. What the bulls have to do today, I'd like to see us, you know, stay above. We're still above that, you know, pre-market low. Maybe not blast to a new, I mean, close right here. That'd be a constructive day for the bulls, especially after Tuesday's price action. Uh, well, let's talk about some earnings. We are yeah. still in this kind of tail end of earnings uh, earnings season. We've got NVIDIA coming next week, too. That'll be a big one. But uh, today, before the open, John Deere, your big uh, big mover of the day. Let me go ahead and get the numbers pulled up here for John Deere. While I'm doing that, Joel, give us a reading on the yeah, chart. Yeah, Dennis, did you hear one of the uh, reasons that they gave for the poor numbers? No. Higher borrowing costs uh, for people uh, for farmers mm-hmm. in order to finance their uh, their transactions. And but, we've uh, talked about this, you know, like Caterpillar has been surprised me the strength yes. that Caterpillar has shown, but you know, so bucking the trend here. But just logic says that these things, these are financing. I mean, you go buy the combine. What's a combine cost? You know, oh, half man. a million you know dollars, I mean, maybe I, more. I might be from Missouri, but I don't know that off the top. You of should my head. know that. There's nothing know. out there. Hey Siri, what does a combine cost? I'm going uh, right, two hundred so, to four hundred grand. Uh, I see. If you get a cheap one, 
is a hundred grand. <laughs> Someone say nine fifty k in the chat. All right, so the the numbers came five hundred grand easily. <laughs> the top line numbers came in decent. Uh, EPS six bucks and twenty three cents, beat by more than a dollar. Revenue came in and beat by uh, almost two billion as well. But leaking, Dennis, leaking the, here. Watch out. The company oh. uh, lowered their their fiscal year twenty four net income guidance. And again, we've been talking about this all earnings season. It doesn't matter if you report good numbers for the previous quarter. If you give any type of warning wow. for the next year or for future quarters, that's what the market is going to. Uh, going to you know going to be thinking about not about the last quarter another uh earnings report we had this morning was from crocs ticker c-o-r-x uh and crocs on the flip side trading up more than six percent eps came in beat by 21 cents revenue came in and beat by almost two million uh and i guess you know i guess uh crocs didn't give any weak guidance like deer did because buyers are are coming in here uh real quick i'll go back to the deer go I, I just want to go to the deer and man, you 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 dipped under 370 here. Between 370 and 360, if you can find support there, uh, good luck. That's a really that's the candle that the bulls are going to have to defend. And I'll say one comment on Crocs. Uh, I know Jay Rice has been riding this one. You might get a gap fill today at 118.39. That's going all the way back to last July. They haven't got there yet in the pre market, but. May find some sellers there. Dennis, you want to give some fundamental comments? Uh, I just say, like, this stock is just trades with a really low PE. I mean, it's been a value stock for a long time. And, you know, maybe at a certain point in time, it's just too cheap. Um, people can afford a pair of Crocs. Again, to compare yeah. it to gear, I, you know, going out and buying a million dollar combine or a $700,000 combine, you got to finance that stuff. So interest rates become an issue here. Um, but you know, Crocs moved up significantly from the lows here too. We're down under when we washed out at $74 back in June, we've come up quite a bit here too, but we put in some time. We're basing. Is there a case for this to go higher? Maybe hard to trade them on earnings though. And there's been so many earnings reversals that I just like, you know, I, I never want to chase something on earnings right now because it seems like there's just too many earnings reversals. Got it. We had some other, other companies that report this morning include Yeti, Wendy's, Shake Shack, Penn Entertainment. Let's take a look at Penn because we have DraftKings reporting after the close yeah. today too. Oh, uh, let's see if people are betting on these stocks. Well, Penn just does nothing right, it seems like. And, and even though, you know, you've got DraftKings just absolutely killing it. You know, you got even the traditional casinos coming back like Las Vegas. Sands has been storming back. Wynn has been storming back. It's like Penn's the combo of both. And there's just the stock just doesn't go up. It only seems to go down. I had Penn in the long term portfolio for a long time. Finally sold it because it's just the dog of all dogs. And you know, you can only hold a dog for so long before you get fleas. So that's why, you know, Penn out of my long term portfolio. Again, disappointing. You do have support in here and it is the buy the dip market, but man, this has been just uh, You know what's you know what's dog in Penn is these uh and uh it's these racetracks. They have ownership. They they own. They're more invested in racetracks. And I don't know. Did I tell you guys that the uh, a couple Saturdays ago I went to the last rot live harness race in Michigan? Oh man! They they closed the track. They closed Northville Downs, and I uh, there was a Michigan basketball game. I made Lisa go to the track with me, and there were the same people there that they were there 25, 30 years ago. They hadn't done anything to the track. It's being it's from Luke's hometown, Northville. It's in a beautiful downtown area. But I did go for two for three in my my last trick 
there's no no live harness uh, harness or thoroughbred except for the fairies. So until they What's can the world coming to, we're losing that too here. A world's a changing, Joel. The things we enjoyed are becoming old old school, and the new things we just don't understand. My dad told me that in the in the late seventies, early eighties, when uh, the um, uh, the Detroit casinos uh, didn't get uh, or the Detroit tracks could not get casinos and could get even he was trying to get slot machines for them. And he told me in the mid eighties, he's like horse, horse racing is a dying sport. I mean, the triple yeah. crown does draw some people. Uh, we got a chart up here at Churchill downs, but uh, let's go, let's go back to uh, let's go back to that earnings parade. Yeah. Okay. Let's so last thing on Penn, they said that the company said that their ESPN bet investments is cutting into profits, which I can tell you guys just from, you know, I know a lot of people that use DraftKings or FanDuel and basically no one that uses the ESPN bet. I think it is an inferior product compared mm-hmm. to other ones on the market. Um, but again, other companies reporting this morning, we talked about Shake Shack uh, or I mentioned Shake Shack Wendy's. Let's see how the let's see how the burger trade is doing. Oh, uh, look at Shake Shack, Dennis. Holy mackerel. Shake Shack, baby. Shake Shack up 16%. The company reported. Uh, let's see. EPS came in, beat slight EPS beat by a penny. Revenue came in at 286 million, beat by about six million. Let's see if they if they raise guidance or something. Rallies after comparison sales oh and margins impressed so, so so that's good if you They're get not great. these earnings this market just punishes certain stocks and then just rips other stocks it's it's crazy how you know the fundamentals can drive a little bit there but this report isn't like blowing you away here uh-huh. but doesn't matter you know maybe there's some people short it's a smaller company can move wow. it's a big move man did you see where it got to dennis no Ninety-seven oh nine. Just people just go nuts. I mean, you're talking about a company that's a $3 billion market cap. You're also talking about a company that has a Ford P of 161. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, because it's only making two cents. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is because people, you know, they'll look at like Chipotle's star, uh, chart over time and be like, they oh, think I this could, is the next Chipotle. Yeah, I think I could be, this could be the next Chipotle or, you know, people like Kava for that reason, too. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just, it's, it's so hard because that type of growth that you see with Chipotle for like a restaurant fast food chain is yeah. like one in one in a hundred. It's not like other, uh, you know, food stocks typically make moves like that. Uh, Mickey D's, how's Mickey D's hanging out? Yeah, I got hit after earnings and uh, working its way back. Just a uh, real, real quick technical here. I think they blame the the war uh, for three oh two. Where did we go? Let's just call it uh, twenty point move. Let's see if we get back half of this move two ninety four, two ninety five, uh, triple. Top. I think McDonald's is a sell. Yeah, the flat it looks tired. It looks, oh, it looks tired. Bad. It's run a long ways. The pricing is becoming an issue here. Um, it's just a lot more money than it used to be. Again, it's not super cheap. It's 24 times, which, you know, historically speaking, the stock has traded a cheaper valuation before. I think you get it down at 18 times a lot better. I don't like McDonald's up here at all. You got the, the Ozempic potential catalyst as well. Maybe people are buying a little bit less uh, junk food on the Ozempic. Uh, Stellantis also reported this morning as well. Uh, raised the dividend by about uh, 16%. Stock up more than 5%. So this is, again, one of the former uh, big three up here in Detroit. 
uh, doing well. Again, if you were buyers of any of these car companies during the strike, you've been you've been rewarded. And remember, we were talking about this one, and it just kind of, it was more stubborn to go down. You know, you felt when when the news and also they were talking about them settling first. So that that's a big move uh, for Stellantis since they've reorged so many times here. Uh, this is uh, the highest level it's been since 2014. And how many car companies can you say that about? Roadblock at 13 and Ford. We talked about that after the earnings report. And GM, I mean, look at this consolidation here. I guess coming off the low, you would say a consolidation to go higher. And if you're a bear, you're saying, oh, it just it can't get over 40 bucks. We're going to go back down and fill the gap. Yeah. And these stocks have held up fairly well. Um, you know, I thought that there was going to be a reckoning for some of these stocks here. It happened, obviously, back in 2023. They've come down significantly from there. But they've held up a bit. I mean, if we do eventually get some interest rate cuts, it's only going to help them. People are still finding ways to buy cars. And again, this move away from EV, which is what, you know, is really, you know, these big three yeah. and a lot of the automotive companies are doing and more move to hybrid is maybe, you know, why these stocks are starting to show life here again and maybe why Tesla hasn't. Um, the consumer is just, you know, not affording the really expensive cars here. And I think the hybrid maybe is a more efficient, you know, you're still getting obviously a piece of electric when you're using hybrid there. So I think this move, that's what's, you know, Toyota, you know, is the one to talk about for this, you know, obviously they're focused on hybrids as well. And I mean, the Toyota move has been nothing but astounding. I was in this stock for a while. I had it from 140 and I sold it up to 180. I thought it was pretty good move for a big you know auto company there i just thought there was a lot of value at 140 and you know it's continued to move higher here i did not see this move coming what's the symbol on that one tm TM. well we should know that why did i forget that one toyota incredible um yeah toyota of course i mean they've been it's a little like they've made a smart move by not putting as much money into evs as some of these other companies i'm biased i drive a toyota and i do really like them so uh but again i think they make a good product so maybe i should own this stock they do well uh you had twilio's chart pulled up joel twilio reported earnings this morning not great stock trading down uh more than 10 percent uh cisco issuing weak guidance twilio let's see what uh Cisco is probably forward. one we should stop on because a lot of people own this stock, widely yeah. owned. It's just these it's sa- disappointed these- for the last couple of reports, I feel like. I know the last one for sure, but I feel like it was even the report before that. Cisco's had yep. some disappointments as of late. You just wonder if it's not tired too. If you go on longer term, can you blow up a longer term chart like a two, like a one-year chart, Joel, and you'll see the ugly head and shoulders? Look at the bottom right. You can see what I'm talking about here is the ugly. That's the monthly. That's the monthly. Yeah. Yeah. So the bottom right chart on your screen right now, looking at the bottom right, blow that one up. You see the head and shoulders I'm talking about here? Yeah. How about a weekly? There's the weekly. Fairly obvious. It feels tired. It's a stock that has never come back. Obviously, people keep comparing NVIDIA to Cisco, which is a silly comparison, in my opinion. Cisco is 90 times earnings. NVIDIA is not 90 times earnings, at least on a forward basis. Uh, But wow. I mean, this is a stock that has been in a 24-year bear market. You keep thinking it's it's time. It's time to come back here. It's the value tech play. And then they just continue to disappoint. Another disappointment here for Cisco. I don't know what to say about the stock. It looks like a head and shoulders on, on the weekly here. You got a head and weekly, shoulders. Weekly, monthly, head and shoulders <laughs> within head and shoulders. Yeah, exactly. It looks like you're yeah. building out another uh, right shoulder here. Uh, interestingly, we got last report, it got the beats, it got the 46.20. That's off the last report. 
Uh, your pre-market low comes in at 46 and a 46.90. Very important area for the uh, the bulls to defend. Um, or else you'd yeah, that's, that's a I, big move for Cisco. I, I do have those numbers on Twilio. Uh, EPS actually came in and beat and sales beat as well, but the company offered soft guidance, uh, guidance. looking out ahead. And so to your point, Dennis, of Cisco not being a good comparison for NVIDIA, People I've also seen, you know, overlaying NVIDIA's chart over Cisco's in 2001 and saying, oh, my God, look how similar they look. And people are also doing that with the overall market saying, oh, look, we're in a bubble. It looks like right before, you know, the dot com crash. Pull out uh, Twilio's chart for a second because we yeah. we had we had the bubble and you can still you can see it on stocks like Twilio that were up at, you know, whatever, two hundred fifty dollars a share. Or, or seventy three. 373 or whether you're looking at like Roku's and all these stocks that got way overvalued are still down 85, 90% from where they are. This is, it's not the same type of market uh, that we were in, in 2020, 2021, when we were hitting those highs or like we were in, in 2000, when you had these types of companies that were trading at crazy valuations, because now those valuations are, have, have been reined in. And it's, it's really just the bigger companies like NVIDIA, et cetera. And we've talked about the fundamentals of them. You, there, there, there's no comparison to uh, that time or those, you know, the times in the past where those, you know, multiples have gotten so crazy. This is a great point. And it's a point that we actually did make back in 2021. It's a point when I remember I was raising cash. I was like 75, 80%, 90% invested in my long-term portfolio. And I raised a pile of cash when the Fed started talking about pivoting. I was like, all these stocks are just so, you know, and I, I, we made this point back in 2021. You can go back and look at the tweets comparing it. And this was the comparison. I mean, so many stocks like this PayPal, you know, like PayPal up at $300 a share and that imploded. There's just a, a, a there's just thousand stories like this of these tech companies. ARKK might just, in, in, you know, all of them, you know, well, $160, I, it's 50 bucks. Yeah, I mean, someone... you're right. The bubble already burst. Aaron's exactly right. The bubble already burst. And someone on Twitter, I, I wish I could give them credit because they posted, uh, you know, they had all these stocks that are still down 80 plus percent from where they were and was like, you guys are calling for a bubble. This was your bubble. So it's not, you know, I'm just borrowing this idea from someone smarter than me on Twitter. But you mentioned ARKK. It might give me a breaker, a make or break afternoon for uh, ARK because you have Coinbase and Roku reporting, uh, I believe, still two of uh, Kathy Wood's biggest positions. So, you know, if you're looking to trade Coinbase and uh, and and Roku and maybe the options are too expensive, maybe you can look at trading ARK instead as a proxy for those names. Um, because if those names, you know, both go down a lot, then I expect ARK to get crushed tomorrow. If they both report well, then then it could be a good day for Kathy. Uh, all right. Well, it is 9.04 a.m. I think uh, probably about time to wrap up. Joel, who do we got coming on with us tomorrow? It's options expiration. So why not have CC Legator on from Options AI to talk about some of the open interest, some of the predictive moves here going in that option expirations Friday. A.B., good to have you back in the driver's seat. Triple D, feeling good again. So. We're all online. Everyone, have a great day. Keep an eye on your pre-market highs, especially that one in the S&P that filled your, your day gap from Monday. And uh, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for joining us. Yep, and make sure to stay tuned for live trading starting up right now. Uh, stay, stay happy, stay green, y'all.